This is Tara Grunovd with the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast powered by Align, and this is episode 26. Are you in the midst of strategic planning? Have you ever struggled to take your plan from paper to reality? For most teams, this comes down to culture and how we work together as a team. Listen today as Pamela and I explore how to assess your current culture and create a path forward towards a healthier, more productive team. Welcome to the Grounding and Growing Leadership Podcast, where everyone is a leader and leadership starts with you. I'm Tara. And I'm Pamela. Thank you for listening and inviting us along on your leadership journey. So Pamela, tis the season. Yeah, it's the really fun season of trying to put down a plan. (laughs) Yeah, tis the season of strategic planning. So we have several clients, but also fall because budgeting is coming up, end of year is coming up. So we have a lot of people who are starting to think about if they haven't already begun their strategic planning process. And it's interesting. I think you and I both see this. Organizations, it is acceptable and even budgeted to spend a good amount of time on their strategic plan. Yes. And a fraction of the time on culture and the team that they need to support that executing or succeeding with that plan. Yeah, completely. And it feels like a beginning of the year. And so we put to it a strategic plan and those things are important, but how we live and walk that out and the intentionality to how we create a culture of people who moves that plan forward is so much more important. And that feels like something that's extra and it's so not. (laughs) There's a really great book that came out recently by Seth Godin called The Song of Significance. And he talks Mm. about this shift that we're in right now of moving from a business model that was born out of the industrial age. Yeah. And we, there's a reckoning because people want purpose and significance and they want, they want to bring self-leadership and that old model doesn't work. And so shifting into focusing on what does culture look like? How do we build a culture and a team that wants to win together? How do we create an environment that encourages collaboration and high communication and a high level of excellence and and passion for our work? And the old leadership model and that strategic planning, which is necessary, doesn't always align with the culture that we need to succeed in it. There's an old quote, and we were talking about this before we started today and looking up again by Peter Drucker, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And you probably heard, hey, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. (laughs) And so why is it that after all these years, this quote that has been out there for a long time, that we're still talking about this as something that's not being done? Because the truth is culture is not linear. Mm-hmm. or easy to nail down. There isn't a set formula. Like there are strategic planning models up and down. And l- let me just say, I facilitate strategic planning. I use some really great tools. I have amazing consultant friends who also do really great work in strategic planning. It's not that yeah. it's not necessary. It's just that the amount of time we spend on that versus culture is interesting and yeah. something that we should be taking a look at. And so I think it's because culture is not straightforward. There's a lot of words that are squishy. We tend to associate soft skills, which just burns me. I hate that term. It is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. 
Anyone who's had to learn how to have a crucial conversation knows that there's nothing soft about those skills. Not at all. Not at all. Really challenging to practice and harder to, to master. So culture, I think, is harder work and hard to measure. Not impossible, which we'll talk about today, but harder to measure. And so I think it's, we just tend to stay away from it because we're not really sure where to start, what to focus on and what to do. But we have also noticed that people who are actively engaging in their own coaching, in their own growth, in that growth mindset, the first question that they're asking is, tell me about the culture that's here. And how are the employees treated? That's such a great first question. Yeah, you're right. It's if you're seeking high performing talent, that's what they're looking for is they want. And so if you don't know how to talk about your culture, if you don't have a plan for how you're investing in your culture, you're at a loss. You're starting from behind in terms of the talent pool and attracting and retaining high performing talent. And we have been talking to that a lot of times people want to feel safe in their culture. Hmm is a culture safe? And Pamela, what do, what do you think people really mean when they say safe? I think safe is like a trendy word right now and it is. can also be triggering for people. But triggering is a triggering word. <laughs> right. <laughs> triggering is also a trend. Yeah. Trendy word. Yes. Both safe and triggering are in many contexts being overused. But mm-hmm. I did really want to bring into the conversation that if someone is saying that's not a safe place to be, or I don't feel safe in that conversation. What they're saying is, I can't trust you with, and then it's fill, fill in the blanks for them with me being vulnerable here, or I don't feel safe there to be Im- imperfect or to make a mistake. I don't feel safe showing up just as I am. And so I'm going to lead with a perception rather than coming authentically into that sort of culture. Or I don't feel safe to have a one-on-one conversation without someone else being there because what I say is going to be misconstrued. And then I'm going to be gaslit and told that really wasn't what was said in the conversation. So I don't feel safe. I need to have someone else there. What they're saying is I don't trust either this person in the conversation. I don't trust the culture or the environment that they're being authentic in what I say and I say what I mean. Tara, this really goes back to our podcast on trust. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put that in the show notes and really reference you going back to that. Just quickly, I want to remind us of those four layers of trust that comes from Charles Feltman's book, The Thin Book of Trust, is that we have a trusting on our sincerity that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And then the next one is the trusting that we are reliable, that I'm going to be able to to show up for what I say that I am going to be able to do. The next one is that I'm capable that I am capable to do what I say I'm going to do. So what I say, I'm sincere, I'm reliable, it's actually going to get done, I'm capable, I'm going to be able to do what I say I'm going to do. But at the bottom line, foundational for all of that is that I trust that you care about me as a person. And if that caring ultimately isn't there, or I don't have a felt, seen, or known Um, expression within myself that you care about me, I will probably, you will probably hear me say something like, I don't feel safe. And what you're saying is I don't trust either the environment or the person in the environment. I've taken a couple of teams through the trust framework in the last couple of weeks. And it's remarkable. We, when we think about that safety and culture, trust is really the bedrock on which culture is founded. Yeah, And if our culture gets built on a bedrock or a foundation 
of distrust or mistrust, it's gonna end up with some flaws and we're gonna end up with some challenging behavioral outcomes in terms of how people deal with each other because we have to work around this situation. We can't deal with it head on. We can't be honest about X, Y, and Z. We have to pretend that it's different than it is. Yeah. So being able to trust and build a culture on trust is important. Trust is a foundation, but then the, the what comes out of that is, are our values aligned? Are we really living out our values? Mm-hmm. Are we on the right track for our vision and mission? Is everyone aligned with our why, why we're doing what we're doing? Does everyone feel a sense of purpose in their role and what they're and what we're aligned to? A lot of times people aren't sure what the vision, what the purpose is of yeah. what we're doing. And how do we interact and treat one another? Is that aligned with the kind of culture that we want? It's hard sometimes as the owner or the leader to see our culture clearly. We tend to see it through the filter of our own experience. Yeah. And so it's hard to get a, a, a good look at what our culture is at, what's actually going on with our culture. One of the tools that Gallup has come out with is around employee engagement, which is one of the ways we talked about. This can be like a squishy topic, but really there are some ways to really measure. And I think it would be really helpful for us to dive into how the employees are actually measuring culture by how they are engaged and really by employee retention. So Gallup developed their Q12 and they actually just added a few questions to it based on the last couple of years. Um, So now I think they have, there's up to 16 questions and it's based on the hierarchy of employee need. So they really have taken into account what do employees need to feel engaged with their work and How do people interact with the culture itself? So they have questions that address people's basic needs, their individual needs, teamwork. How does the team work together and our need for growth? Hmm. So the highest point of the pyramid for those needs is development and growth. But Hmm. first, people need to have basic needs and and individual needs met before they can engage in team, before they can engage in growth. And so the Q12 helps identify where are maybe the challenging issues, what needs to be addressed. And it's a validated tool. You can take the tool through Gallup. I've worked with organizations, not just with Gallup's Q12, but with many organizations on their engagement survey to help them interpret and read their results and know what to do with them. Because I think that's the hard part after you do an engagement survey. Okay, now what? And a survey is really just giving you clues about where to be curious. It is not going to give you answers. And I think that's the challenging part as we go through the work of doing a survey, an employee survey, and we think, okay, this is going to give me some answers about what to do. It's a starting point so that you can narrow down your focus of where to be curious and where we need to focus. And then the next step should be conversations with your employees. You shouldn't be taking that survey data and just making blind solutions from it. We should be having conversations about what it actually means. Yeah. Let's take a couple of these questions and then just even unpack what sort of information this is giving us. I know what is expected of me at work. This is really interesting because what if you scored like really low on that? 
I would be curious to think, is this about information that's not being disseminated in a job description? Or is this about a leader that keeps changing what a win is? We've talked about this before, but role clarity is really, if you could do nothing else in your organization, but spend some time on ensuring role clarity, you will make huge progress. And this Mm. is why, is that people need to know what's expected of them. And in the challenge is in any organization, any size, I find managers and leaders assuming that people know what's expected. But unless you've had deliberate conversations, unless you've documented what's expected, unless you've had a lot of conversations about what that's supposed to look like, what does success look like in that area? How are they being measured? What responsibilities are theirs and what responsibilities are someone else's? There's tends to be a lot of confusion. And if you've had any change in the last couple of years, people are confused. If you've had any change, not only in company mission or how you do that, but then who's doing it with you? That's the other part of it. There's a tool that we recommend. It's a general tool. It's not owned by anyone called a RACI chart, R-A-C-I. But whether it's a role or a project or an initiative, really taking time to identify who's responsible, Mm. who's accountable. Who needs to be consulted and who needs to stay informed? Because if you don't take time to identify those four different areas on a project, you might have four people trying to run a project. Yeah. And then you might have four people who say, never mind, that's complicated and hard because really only one person can drive. And if you've got a team with high responsibility, you're going to see a lot of wrestling around Mm. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. The question Gallup asks is, I know what's expected of me at work. The clue that it gives you is the score, but then diving in to understand why do people maybe not understand what's expected of them? What do they actually mean by that? And where are the challenges helps you identify the opportunities to improve. Tara, maybe take one or two of these other ones where you have really seen that this has been just highly effective in exploring this question in regards to culture and and health of culture. I think my associates or fellow employees are committed to doing quality work, how we feel about our colleagues, mm-hmm. how we feel about how they're showing up and whether or not we trust that yeah. they're bringing their best and that they're doing their best impacts how we feel about our work, impacts what we want to bring and contribute. People want to work with other high-performing people. So you use the word feel four times right there in that conversation. And that, no, <laughs> and that's so good. This is what I'm trained to hear. And within that, it's really how you experience your mm-hmm. colleagues and the experience that you have. So just again, to come to that feeling word, our feelings are not necessarily right or wrong. They're not the truth, but they're giving us information. And so how I experience that, that can also be on your own emotional health. That needs to be about your emotional maturity. And so first we look internally. Am I experiencing this through the lens of my own trust issues to the lens of my former workplace? So I need to do that work. But this also does then make me curious. Is there something about how I, I don't trust this employee that's making this experience not trustworthy, not a good one for me? So it allows those deeper level questions. And when I know that the deeper level questions can be asked, it becomes a culture that I can thrive in. And so if you have a pattern, and that's the other thing is, when you have a small team, you can take these survey questions and run it more state interviews 
or retention interviews where you walk through and ask them what they think or what their experience is for each of these questions. You don't have to run it in a survey form. Sure. You have a larger organization. You need to do that so that you have a base, first of all, so you have a baseline measurement. Yeah. And second of all, so that you can see patterns because you don't want to change your entire culture because one person said something. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you have a team of three and then maybe you need to look at that one person. But you need to look at, is this a pattern that we need to pay attention to? Earlier this year, I went on site with an organization and did employee focus groups. We took the survey data. It helped us drill down where there might be some challenges. And I did about half hour long focus groups with about 10 different groups in their organization. After that, those 10, I was able to see patterns like, this is coming up. These words, yeah. this experience is coming up over and over again. So even though management or leadership might be thinking that it's not an issue, like we've already dealt with that, it's clearly not resolved because it continues to come up. We need to look deeper at what's actually going on and what was actually going on. What they were talking about was one thing, but when we dug deeper, what was actually going on was just a breakdown in communication between departments and it isn't that hard to fix. But you need to dig in to really understand what's going on under, underneath it. The other thing with that question, what is the standard that we have versus what the company has? And how is your leader impacting whether or not you feel or think or experience your feeling yeah. is doing quality work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that it and again, if maybe 10 people out of 12 are excited about the leader, really feel that they can be creative, which that quality work and, and creativity is born in a culture of trust. Right. Really seeing that creativity come about. And if all of the other employees are able to experience that and there's one that isn't, this is a great opportunity as the one to say, wow, I think I have an insecurity in this area. And my vision toward the boss or how I am experiencing their leadership with me, I need to explore what's going on there. And so I love this for the fact of the individual responsibility, that if you're the only one on the team that isn't able to connect with the style of leadership that is given, what is it as a growth point within you then mm -hmm. that, yeah. that potentially you're seeing this through the lens of, a, of an insecurity or a place that you need to mature in one of your own talents as well? Most people show up wanting to succeed. Most yeah. people show up wanting to do a good job. And maybe you're feeling jaded or bitter about that listener. But honestly, most people don't want to fail. Some people opt out of trying because they don't know how to succeed. So back to the clarity piece. And I would say the other piece besides sometimes it's a system that's broken. Like we, we have a breakdown in a system. And so the consequences are bleeding onto people and they're having to deal with it and they're frustrated with each other. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because a leader is inconsistent in how they're um, holding people accountable. So maybe I don't experience my fellow employees as being committed because maybe the leader isn't clarifying and holding that person accountable instead of working around it and I'm getting more work. And so yeah. leadership can really be can really be part of how that culture is playing out. Oh, 100%. If things are offloaded and there's no communication that this now it has been given to someone else, again, the initial example that you gave about four people being in charge and that model that you gave, that's not going to help anyone. Ultimately, there needs to be that one responsible, the leader 
I'm just going to say it's flaky. <laughs> or then it avoids conflict or yeah. how to have a crucial conversation or yeah. provide feedback and, and they don't have the skills. Yeah. Then someone would probably say, I don't feel safe. We're going to go back to that. And what they're really meaning is I can't trust that the leader has grown enough to, to be able to have these hard conversations or make that hard choice. Hey, everyone, this is Tara. You know how some podcasts will pause in the middle to give you an advertisement or a word from their sponsors? Well, we don't have sponsors, but we do have an important opportunity that we want to share with you. Listen, I think that you and I can agree that the old school top-down leadership model just doesn't work anymore. It would be nice if it did because it is easier (laughs) to just command and have people pay attention. But honestly, people don't work that way because relationships don't work that way and leadership no longer works that way. And so we have developed a program called Grounded Leadership. And we are seeing incredible results with the cohorts that we're currently running. From emerging and new leaders to executives and business owners, leaders at every level are growing and grounding in their leadership through this program. Grounded Leadership is a comprehensive practice that ensures emotional maturity while encouraging individual growth and building thriving teams. Listen, titles are about authority, but they don't really influence change. Our leadership practice is what determines our ability to influence others. This journey is ideal for all leaders who are ready to maximize their potential, take responsibility for their influence. We have a cohort starting in January of 2024. It's gonna be a mixed cohort of leaders from across the country from different organizations, and we really think that you would enjoy it. Not only that, we think you would find high value and there would be a really high ROI for you, your leadership, and your team. If this is at all of interest to you, please reach out. In the show notes, we're going to have a PDF that you can click and see all the program details. But also, you can email me, Tara at aligntransform.com. Schedule a quick 15 to 30 minute consult to get some of your questions answered. And we can determine if this is a program that's a fit for you and if you're a fit for the program. If this is of interest to you, we hope to hear from you. And now back to the podcast. One last question I'll just pull from the survey has to do with growth and development, which is the top of the pyramid. In the last six months, someone at work has talked to me about my progress. First of all, we have performance reviews coming up. Yes. We're going to be doing a workshop on the art of feedback. It's going to be in October. And so if you're listening, watch for that. It's going to be a really impactful workshop that I think you're going to really enjoy. You're going to learn tools and walk away with ways to deliver feedback in better ways. But and let me say one more thing about that as well. Not only deliver feedback, but also to receive feedback, absolutely. which is as important as how to deliver it, because we all know that we can come with our defenses. Up. So yeah. this is a, this is such a great workshop. So people tend to approach performance review, get close to that time leaders and managers, and they want to throw up in their mouth. They'd rather do just about anything else than write and deliver a performance review. And here's a couple of reasons why. One, first of all, a lot of performance review processes are broken. Yeah. We could spend a whole other podcast on that. But it's because we maybe have avoided having certain conversations all year, and now we have to put it in a performance review because it needs to be documented. I have to tell you, if you're listening, you should never be surprised by something in a performance review. It should have come up multiple times throughout the year yes, or at least once where someone has given you that feedback outside of that formal process. And 
along with that, so along with the critical feedback that might be an opportunity for you to grow your performance, also someone should be talking to you about your career and your development and how you're growing and what your goals are, what your hopes are, what your dreams are, and thinking about ways to support you in your growth for that. And Mm -hmm. a lot of leaders and organizations don't have the skills to have those conversations, unfortunately. It doesn't occur to them to have those kind of conversations. I think they shy away from it. Mm-hmm. But the reason it's on here is that once salary is just parity, meaning a sense of fairness. So if I believe that I'm getting paid fairly for my for the work that I do, yeah. development is the next thing people want to know. Are you going to grow me? Are you going to invest yes. in me? Yeah. Are you going to care enough about my future beyond what I can do for you? to help me make progress. And we've said this in other podcasts, but nobody just wants to be led or managed. We all want to be developed. And when we are in a place where that's a high value or that's part of the culture, that's a place that I'm going to say yes to because I can start here, but I know that I'm going to have the opportunity to grow. And that regular feedback, the positive feedback, Because we can't see in ourselves, I need a good coach. I need someone who's going to mirror back to me the things that I naturally do that I can't not do, but not everybody does that in a positive way. And it's difficult for us to see because it's so natural for us. So I need a leader to say, hey, this is your secret sauce. (laughs) This is what you bring to the team and call it out. And then give me more opportunities to grow in that area as well. And I need to hear that more than once a year because I might not hang on for a year. I need to hear it regularly. You're absolutely right. And so it's really important when we're thinking about culture, we start by defining what is the culture that we hope we want to have. And that's our vision, mission, values. How do we want to show up? How do we want to treat each other? And then we do an assessment to decide where are we off base and where do we need to invest some time and resources to get better? And then we can remeasure after we've made some of those adjustments. I find a lot of leaders overthink giving feedback. It's past now. I'll wait till the next time. It's been a week, so I can't do it now. I'm going to wait till the next time. Big mistake. Yeah. If If you see it hindering their ability to make progress, and if it's impacting other team members and how they are experiencing their work, you have a responsibility to that individual, to yeah. the team, and to the entire culture to help that person understand where they're getting in their own way and where they're getting in someone else's way. Because lying is also omission. And it will come out sideways. And your team, with you not addressing it with the team member, your team then loses trust in you as a leader. Because you're not helping the culture of the team by not saying anything. So this goes back to culture. Yeah, it all goes back to culture and how we show up as leaders. We get what we tolerate. So there's a couple of ways to work on culture. One, the first work that we usually do has to do with values and whether or not our values are aligned. And we've been clear about that culture expectation. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of leaders struggle to give feedback on anything that's not technical because it feels soft. Again, Mm, yeah, is that word? (laughs) Yeah, hard to measure. We can do assessments. There's a a lot of different tools out there. We're talking about the Gallup Q12, but there's a lot of them out there that can be used. Uh, One thing I would just say, please, because I have a research background, do not make your own. There are tools out there that have been researched. The way you ask questions, how you ask questions, 
absolutely determines the outcome that you're going to get. So be careful. And it's very difficult as an internal person to measure your own culture. And this truly, whether it's that you would work with a line or you would work with other people, it is very helpful to have a different voice come in and not just take those results of whatever tool that you use and be able to interpret them, but then to be able to say, here are some next steps that you can use then to try to get healthy in this area. Just like a doctor would say, here's the exercises you need to start doing. And that coming from a separate voice is very helpful. Yeah. And then once maybe you've done the assessment or you've done some interviews or focus groups and you understand what you need to work on, first of all, can you involve more people in helping make progress? Because you will help your team take ownership of culture because your team also has some ownership in culture. This isn't all leaders. Mm -hmm. How your team shows up impacts your culture as well. And if they can take some ownership in making progress or resolving some of those challenges, it can be really good. But the important thing is, how are you communicating back often about the progress you're making? Mm-hmm. Change takes time. You might have changed the thing you got feedback on, but it might take a while before the entire organization understands the change has happened. And so communicating back, we heard you. We got your feedback. We're yes. working on it. Here's the changes we've made. That's all really important as well. So all of this has to do with culture development, culture alignment, and that's work that we can do and help with. If anyone is listening and feels like you're ready to undertake culture, because maybe your strategic plan hasn't been getting done. (laughs) Maybe you have a plan that um, is faltering because the team isn't working well together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe you're struggling to align on goals because people can't agree on what's important. If, if any of those sound like your organization, or maybe you have a value of putting people first, but you haven't been investing mm-hmm. in culture, we encourage you to take some steps and we would love to talk to you about it. In fact, we'd be happy to hop on a 30-minute free consult if this yeah. is something you want to talk about, just to, to kick around ideas and talk a little bit about what progress you want to make. We believe that this conversation is going to continue. There's going to be questions coming from this, Tara. Please reach out at Tara at aligntransform.com. We're really anxious to hear from you. And thank you for sharing this podcast and potentially even listening to this through with your leadership team. As we're looking at a strategic plan, let's consider what is our plan to have a healthy culture. And we'd be happy to have that conversation with you as well. Mm -hmm.